0: This podcast is part of the GWC network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. Welcome to Modern Geek Podcast number fifty nine, recorded October first, twenty
1: twelve.
0: I'm Chuck, and I'm Juan. Welcome back to Modern Geek. Modern Geek number fifty nine, indeed, on a Monday in October. <laughs> yeah, I know. Already, it's crazy. Holy isn't it? crap, October. <laughs> <laughs> I have like 73 different calendars. I mean, everything from my watch to my phone to my all of my various computers to my TV knows what day it is and what month it is. And it's still a surprise to me that it's October.
1: Indeed. The <laughs> year is almost over. This is great.
0: I'm telling you. <laughs> Didn't this year just start? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, but. It is.
1: It is. It's
0: got benefits and detriments. We'll,
1: we'll ignore the detriments for now.
0: Speaking of time slipping by, I remember ordering my Raspberry Pi like when, it was, when they uh, initially put out the pre-orders. And like it showed up, I don't know, months and months and months down the road. I'd completely forgotten about it by then. I know, you, <laughs> I know you've got one on order as well, but I yeah. understand you have some new news.
1: Well, okay, so for a while people had been putting on custom boot ROMs for this thing. Yeah, it's uh, sort of
0: sort of made for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's well what a yeah, it, it gives you different options like what, the there are some official um different ROMs that you can use to boot off of. It it just basically reads a certain file off of a flash drive and uses that to boot the rest of the uh, system. Yeah. And for a while there were different ones like Okay, boot it with um, different version uh, different amounts of memory allocated to the video card or not, so that you can make it like a like a, a TV front end or a oh, server. Yeah. Oh, that's you know? cool! So yeah. Like, yeah, you can reconfigure, reconfigure it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, give video nothing because I'm going to be sshing into this thing. Or <laughs> give it all of the things because I want to play 1080p video. So that's sweet. it's kind of cool. A lot of people were coming up with custom ROMs that would uh, increase the clock speed of the ARM processor that's on port. <laughs> um, not officially. Uh, there was a sticky bit in there to... Uh, to allow them to determine which boards were overvolted for warranty purposes. Mm. Um, So it was like, no, 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 you can't really do this. Um, But what they did find out is that they did some testing and then they found a new sweet spot on the processors that they're putting out on these things. And they offer turbo mode ROMs now. Uh, And what that means is that even without uh, external uh, heat sink and fan, you can uh, put on this turbo mode ROM and boost the processor power from 700 megahertz up to a gigahertz.
0: Which is a pretty significant change considering how much you can leverage that.
1: Well, it's especially when you come down to like integer calculation is 52% faster, 64% faster on floating point and 55% faster memory. It's like, okay, well, this is actually significant. <laughs> this is significant this this boosts the uh the the uh the score of this processor up to a point where you can actually do a little bit more with it and it increases the uh, the life of this this hardware set um like this is gonna basically stop them from having to make a newer one sooner um I like this. This is really cool. I this is kind of like draws right into the whole point of why they're doing this in the first place. This 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 whole little cheap hardware thing. Uh-huh. It's like let's let's see how far and how cheap we can push hardware.
0: Now, you know. And they just continue. <laughs> you know, yeah, and you know, it's funny because people like us, we see this thing and we think, "Ooh, I could make some cool little gadget out of it." But the the purpose behind this thing originally, it's, it's easy to forget, is to create a usable computer that can be used for educational purposes or or for access purposes. I mean, and, and without getting to a, a, a total sidetrack here, one of the big concerns about the whole utopic view of, of the Internet as this wonderful thing that makes us more equal is that there's this built-in inequality of access it it actually requires some cash and and some outlay to get onto the network to be able to even be a part of it right. and 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 projects like this are designed to among other things help drive that cost down dramatically i mean we're talking about essentially you know a freaking 25 30 dollar piece of gear here you know 40 dollar piece of gear that can actually do some basic tasks and get you on the net and and if so when you talk about extending the life of this, while it's kind of cool for gadgeteers like us who are like, hey, I might be able to play a video I couldn't or, you know, do something kind of neat with it, uh, for for this kind of, for its real purpose, this is a total win because extending that a little bit farther, man, big deal.
1: Well, ex- exactly. I, I, I really like that. And they're also um, taking feedback from the community. It seems like one of the fixes that they include in these new ROMs is... uh what's called the fic fix it's in the usb driver and it, it reduces the uh the usb interrupt rate which um because it's not handling the interrupt of the usb it has a uh, faster processor performance so if you're not really using that for anything what the hell and if you are using it it's got hooks in it anyway so
0: <laughs> <laughs> good point you it's know like you,
1: you know if when you've got one usb port
0: you really don't need a high interrupt rate <laughs> good point Good point. Well, I mean, I always put a hub into it, but hey, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> so don't, you know, because it's a freaking little piece of gear. Well, the other, the only other funny thing I have to ask about this is, who the hell is, fil- is filing these massive warranty claims on the $25 piece of gear? <laughs> Get <Yeah>. another one.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it's all. it would be almost like the people that are buying cheap hardware are cheap themselves.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're... Uh, you that being know,
1: said, they're probably spending twenty five dollars in shipping to send it
0: back. Well, yeah. What's funny is, is like people that that are really using this for its super low buck purpose, like somebody that built a low end educational computer out of it. First yep. of all, they're not going to be overclocking it, right? So no. if they have warranty claims, good, support that, you know. But who the hell overclocks, buys a twenty five thirty dollar piece of gear, overclocks the crap out of it, burns it out, and then tries to send it back for another one. <laughs> that's just called being a dick yes it is i think i think you've nailed it and uh, uh anyway
1: i couldn't i i i saw a, a, a note in the park saying do not drink the water so i made some tea with it and now i have an infection
0: <laughs> oh man parks and rec always always, rec. always relevant <laughs> always relevant I seem to have
1: that quote on head for more things.
0: Every it's sad day. that it gets that much use. It's it's that appropriate that often is is the problem. That,
1: that's one of the best side characters in that whole thing. That that angry woman for <laughs> it's like I'm just I'm doing everything wrong and you know it's me. your fault. Yeah, exactly. You know there there's some. Uh, I know we don't get into biotech all that often. Why not? It's cool i know i mean because <laughs> we don't know that much about it that's why they they've been testing what's called a bionic pre-eye uh-huh uh what they did is they um in this woman who had lost vision um what they did is you in, in her eye they implanted this set of electrodes into uh, i guess the retina and and the uh the optic nerve Mm-hmm. And now this isn't like a camera. Like right, this isn't right. an actual eye. But what this is, is that it ran some, it ran wires basically out the, effectively out the side of her head. So that they, way they could plug in a test bed program mm-hmm. that would trigger these electrodes. So what they did is that they tried all these different versions of the electrical signal all, across all these different electrodes. And they got her to be able to see very rudimentary shapes. And what this means is that they're mapping how the electrical impulses in the optic nerve work. And once they know that, then they can make an bionic eye.
0: And see, I, I've been actually reading about this for years in little bits and pieces as they work toward this and i think what's exciting about it is that for a while now we've known that this is possible it's one of those things where can you do it yet no but we know that it's not a pipe dream you know this is something right. we can do and what this is is a real uh kind of win for this interdisciplinary research of all these different groups of of scientists looking at different uh, areas of, of computing and, and biology and all these other various things and plugging them together and starting to solve this problem piece by piece by piece in a way that it looks pretty clear that sometime in our lifetime, we're going to be able to help a whole lot of blind people to see. And that's right. freaking amazing. I mean, yeah, that's quote- all there is to it.
1: I mean, right now, it's, it's, it's still very basic. Like, the quote from the woman is, all, I cu- all, all of a sudden, I could see a flash of light. It was amazing. But that's the start of it. I mean, I, I love that it and, it... and like you said, it's, a, it's this great collaboration. It's like, um, you know, people that work with optics, people that work with microtechnology, microsurgery, and, you know, all of, this, all of these different fields all coming together to do something as simple as recreate an eye it feels like a very simple thing but when you get into the details of how you actually get that to something something practical you have to take steps like this and it's it's and it, great to see it progressing oh, you yeah. know it's like we don't have to go the visor route.
0: <laughs> well, and and don't for I I think it's easy to overlook too that they're like okay, so say it's not 1080p video or something, you know, that you're putting in. Maybe you only get shapes or light or dark or something. But if you live in a world that's black and and there is nothing, you have no indication of what's going on in your environment visually. And all of a sudden, you're given as given now shapes. Mr. Yeah, you know what. It's a big plus. Uh, it doesn't have to be 1080p, awesome, super. You don't have to be able to you know see the Avengers in 3D in order to get huge benefits from this. So, right.
1: It, it's just it's just a lot of great applications. Even if it's not perfect, it is. It can only get better. I
0: okay, I this is just stu- totally stupid, but I, I'm going to share it anyway. Uh, What's that? Do, do you happen to follow Oscar the Blind Cat on on Facebook? Uh, no
1: no i don't you
0: really should i'm not kidding go to my account you can find it it's why i i it's a page i like you know it's (laughs) totally worth it uh it's this nice person i think in germany who who has a uh, uh who has a who adopted a blind cat and does some various things now i think they sell little like cat costumes or something and they use the money to 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 get the word out to get people to adopt blind animals that generally don't get adopted and end up dying you know uh, yep. and, and just like people, they have plenty of value despite, you know, a disability and uh, you, but, but it's nice and everything. And they post pretty regularly like listings of, of nice cats that are available that have vision problems. But what right. the other day they posted a video uh, that they had shot years, a number of years back when they first adopted Oscar as a blind cat and he was a little kitten. Right. And he he was born like with underdeveloped, like his, his eyeballs never developed correctly. Oh, so okay. he just can't see anything and never has been able to. Right. And one of the beautiful things I think about cats has always been the way they just, they have this thing that we wish, I wish I had, which is this ability to just accept the world as it is and make something good of it, you know, yep. whatever they've got, they just, they they always move forward trying to make the best with what they've got. And it's inspiring, you know? And you got to see this video of this of this little kitten when they got his first toy, and it's this ball that they got that has a bell in it, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: And you can see him. They put it by him, and he kind of, like, feels it, and, and you can see him feeling around on it, and then he starts to play like a normal kitten with it. And nice. uh, the only thing is, if you look really carefully, because you know how fast kittens move and how quickly they latch onto things, right? Yeah. I mean, they can, like bat a ball around like a professional soccer player you know as a kitten and you there's this minute delay sometimes when you can see that he he he's waiting to hear it you know <laughs> to be able right to get, but it's 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 superhuman and it's awesome anyway i know it's dumb it's not that big a deal but made my day but <laughs> <That> it's cool <laughs> You know... Happy rant off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, that was a cool story. Um, this is going to be a terrible segue, but... Uh, Go for it. Tim Cook wrote a cool little story on the Apple website.
0: <laughs> I don't think this is a terrible segue. You know, if anything, this is something we need a hell of a lot more of in, in the well, tech world.
1: You yeah, know? And, and, you know, we we certainly called it last week, is that... it's exactly what he said, is that, you know, we...
0: You Apple know, Maps we, has some problems. we created
1: a new map system from the ground up, and obviously it's not as developed as our competitors.
0: Go you know what, figure. You know what I liked? You know what I really liked? Uh, I like the fact, uh, and, and I'm not kissing Tim Cook's ass by any stretch, okay? Right. And I don't think it was this horrible, like, betrayal that, <laughs> that they put Apple Maps in, <laughs> in the new version. It's like, come <laughs> on, people. It does some things better and some things worse, you know? And and I love what he says, which is, look, we did this because we're sorry, this isn't as developed as we'd like it to be. Uh, Sadly, we can't develop it enough without your help. You know, you got to use it for us to make it better. Uh, Besides that, we did this because he, he addresses why they did it, which I think we were all pretty clear on, or a lot of us were anyway, which is that we wanted turn by turn. We knew you wanted turn by turn. The only way to get that with the kind of, Strange negotiations. He didn't say this, but we all know this. Well, with with yeah. the strange negotiations and weirdness that goes on between competitors like Google and Apple, the only way they could give that was to b- deliver that was to replace it. You know, replace the with their own uh, uh, Maps app, and they did. And right. but I thought the really ballsy thing here, and the thing that is going to go down in his favor and Apple's favor, is saying, you know what. We're going to keep working on it. We appreciate it if you use it and give us what help you can. In the meantime, you can use the competitors via this system. And by the way, there are some great apps in the App Store that uh, that you can pick up right now that can give you some experience that might be what you want currently. And one of them I yep. thought was interesting, and they talked about this on NPR when they covered it, right? Okay. Was Waze. Uh, Waze is a pretty neat app I've, I've used for I've some never time. I've heard of Waze. Yeah. W-A-Z-E. It's, it's interesting. It's a, uh, it's, it's a mapping app that does turn by turn, which is kind of neat, but, and quite, quite reasonably too, by the way, uh, it's not quite as full featured as you would imagine Apple maps will be when it gets finished or, or, you know, that, uh, the, as Google maps is sans entirely sans turn by turn, you know, that makes any sense. Right. Yep. Uh, It's designed primarily for a turn by turn. It's designed with big buttons and everything to be used while you drive, you know, Um, like, but what's really cool is, like, you can tap the map and you can report incidents, right? And it's a social app in that even if you don't do any of that, it aggregates all of the users like speeds and stuff to update its its, uh, internal routings.
1: Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. So the more people use it, the more accurate it gets.
0: Yeah. And-, and 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 you can actually see other users that are anonymous, of course, unless they choose not to be. You can. You can choose to be unanonymous and put a name in and have it show up. But most people choose to be anonymous, which is fine, right? Yep. So you can see and judge the accuracy of maybe that information. If like I'm driving on, you know, on the tollway and it's telling me the tollway is going to slow down and I can see that there are like six ways, little ways user dots up the road and, and I can see that most of them are slow, you know? Yeah. I'm like, well, crap, it's probably slow. Maybe I should move, you know, or maybe there's one that's slow and, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's probably BS. You know, there's never any traffic there. That guy probably stopped or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah and it's it's a neat app but what was really interesting was NPR had uh, they they spoke to someone at ways quickly like you know one of those little soundbite things and uh, they said wow you know we've been on the app store for a long time and we've had a lot of sales and we've done really well and we're really happy about that but we saw like a 400% increase or something yesterday <laughs> when he did that and we really appreciate nice. them acknowledging you know our presence in the market and you're just like now, if Apple would just internalize this a little bit and instead of using a cooperative kind of standpoint with the people that work within their walled garden, you know, instead of treating them like potential criminals the whole time, if maybe they could sort of accept that these well, great apps have a place, you know?
1: Well, exactly. I mean, and it's it's kind of funny that that a company that licensed the maps on the previous app i mean i won't say anything google uh, yeah, that come wouldn't on, let Internet. them have turn by turn inc- effectively encourages this this kind of opening of apple to go okay you know use some of these other ones as well and by the way i just saw a news article this morning that they that um the app store they've created a maps section nice in the app store nice. so now you can actually very easily find these um which which is great. And I,
0: Okay, I, Apple. I, great response. Let's exactly. just take the lesson next time and do this and they, up front.
1: And they also got rid of the PR spin in that section of the website that says, you know, in, introducing the mo- the most advanced mapping system ever. Nice. They they got rid of that apparently as well too. So it's it's I almost It's wish- good to see that they've actually handled this really well and also eventually. Good good for them for also saying Oh, okay, I'm sorry. We'll go back to the old one. Which I would never really honestly think that they would do that, but there was kind of a push for it of like, you know, court Google, get this stuff back, we need this, blah 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 well, blah. I blah. think
0: but- I think a lot of that is just the classic extreme like resistance to change of any kind. I
1: don't like things that are new. Yeah,
0: yeah, and there's a lot of that. I mean people get addicted to tech a specific way and they are not they do not want it to change at all. And every time it changes there's a lot of hate. But The big thing here that I think I haven't heard anybody say is, good job, Apple. Next time, do it up front. I mean, you know, there is a lot of of place in the current market for somebody who is just straight with you. And if anybody has the bank role to be able to do that and take the short hit that comes from being honest about it for the long gain that comes from being honest about it, it's Apple. You know, I mean, these people could buy medium sized countries. Come on. You could take the, the risk of just saying on that page, instead of the most advanced, kicks everybody's at. No, it doesn't, okay? It's crappy in some ways. You know, it's good in some ways, it's crappy. You know, you could say, we want it turn by turn. You want it turn by turn. We're going to give it to you. Guess what? There's some issues with it. It's going to take a while. We're not going to slap a bait on it, though it is, and you know it. Come on.
1: And, and you know, comparing <laughs> this to the, uh, um, the problem with the iPhone 4's antenna, where basically oh, Steve on. Jobs went out on stage and said, fine, you want a case, have a case. Like really kind <laughs> of, like really angry about it. He's like, fine, just have a case. Shut up and get out of my hair. I, I, I am happy to see that the curmudgeon side of, of Apple isn't really, uh, it, they're letting up. They're, they're actually, you know, t- they're thinking a little bit more about their customers, and I, I think that's good. Um, I mean, Microsoft's going through the same problem right now with the uh, Windows 8 uh, impending release. They're having problems with not having enough apps on the Windows 8 platform because they've locked it down la an app store. They they're having yeah. the same kind of problem. It's like, well, if there's not a Facebook page, uh, Facebook app on day one, what are they going to do? Well, you know, well, Suck. if they have it within Nobody's 30 gonna days, is it. that going to be okay? Yeah, yeah. Th- this is the problem that they're having as well. And right now, their response is to remain silent on it entirely, and it's, it's counterproductive. They're quietly talking to app developers, saying, "Please develop, please develop, please develop, please develop." But it's like, you know, guys, you. You know, be upfront about it. I mean, these, especially you know, with with iPhones and and Win Eight boxes going out for Christmas here, there's a <laughs> lot of people that really are not going to get what they expect, and at least with something like this note from Tim Cook, there's at least some kind of acknowledgement of it. So you know, I I do encourage this.
0: <laughs> Guys, we all really want to play. You know, if you if you let us, we want to play. And, and yes, there are, I agree that there is room for both uh, open and, and closed mobile platforms, okay? I totally disagree on the desktop. But when it comes to a mobile platform, there's room for both. And Apple has pretty much demonstrated the best way you can do the closed platform. So what we need here, in my opinion, are open competitive platforms. Android is one. Windows 8 could be a great one. However... Windows, we've said this before. Microsoft, we've said this before. Man, just for crime's sake, do what you're good at, you know? Stop trying to be Apple. Stop trying to be Google. You're not either of yeah, them. The,
1: you're different. The, you can I, be I kinda, better. I laugh every time Microsoft tries to take on this Apple veil of secrecy around their products. Come on. And only just confuses everything. It's like what, every time they and do a big announcement about something Microsoft... They say, hey, look at all this stuff. This is all the cool stuff. And anytime time you have any questions about, you know, price or spec or, you know, any kind of capability,
0: it's like, well, no, no, no just talk about the stuff we want you to talk about. And it's the like, mistake no, no. here isn't announcing the stuff, which is what everybody said, I think. The mistake here is pretending to be Apple. Right. Apple
1: has somehow been able to get away with this uh, up until now. I mean, they've. Sometimes hit, sometimes miss. Microsoft you can't really just recreate it. And...
0: Come on. I, I, I agree. <laughs> you know, speaking of, of the, the risk of not having a Facebook app or not having a good Twitter app, honestly, one of the biggest pluses of iOS 6... And this is funny because a couple of friends have asked me, you know, they've been like, oh, I'm I'm thinking I'm getting ready to upgrade. What's the big deal? And it's funny because you know how you read about it and you see the big deal and blah, blah. Then you install it and you actually use it. And the truth is, is there are always only a couple of things that really make a big difference. Right. Right. Yeah. And one of the biggest differences with it, Facebook integration, period. I mean, that is (laughs) I've got that enabled on my
1: iPad and my iPhone.
0: Have you really been using a lot of it? I have posted from it a couple of times. The biggest, okay. the, the times I use it the most, okay? There are some cool things. It's nice to see stuff in the notification center. That's cool. Oh, but, yeah. But when it comes down to it, the thing that gets used the most is posting pictures. Like before, if I wanted to post a picture, it was take the picture, load the Facebook app, go to my page on the Facebook app, click the photo, select the photo, type the stuff, click send. I- and
1: then have it <laughs> fail uploading three
0: times. Right. Now you just take the picture, hit the little the little uh, uh, icon at the bottom, hit Facebook, type what you want it to say, hit done, and it goes. You're yeah, happy. In,
1: <laughs> actually what we, I really like one of the one of the things I really like about it is yeah, when you go into like you bring up an image in the camera roll and you hit that send to button uh-huh. and it's got all of those icon options now, like oh, mail, yeah. message, Twitter, Facebook, assign to contact, print, copy, use as wallpaper. That has... I, I've definitely been using that as well.
0: Um, I like the menu, too. Before, it was, it was smaller. Now, it's nice and big with big icons that so you can get easy without having to mess with it. Yeah. The,
1: when I first came across it, I'm like, well, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> Audra pointed out the assigned to contact, which is new, is, is awesome. Come on, really? I have to you know, navigate to the contact? And to, you know
1: to, what's funny? Assigned to contact has always been there. It's just been in the small little text option that nobody could find. <laughs> See what I mean? You'd have to, like, press down on the image, hold, and then go, you know, do something with it and assign to contact. And it's like, really?
0: You can't just make that a click button icon? And icon- they did. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. Finally. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I saw this article recently, and I think you looked at it as well because we both had dropped it on here, uh, yeah. which, which is the fact that uh, that the – and this has happened more than once, okay – uh, but uh, an Iranian uh, news organization picked up an onion story and and mistook the the parody for real and uh, reported on it as if it was a real story, which is is funny. I mean, come on, I laughed, everybody does you know uh, but but the funny thing here is a couple of things first of all let 's just say uh, if anybody 's thinking yeah they 're stupid, <clears throat> come on, I dare you to interpret Iranian news. You know, I, I dare you. I mean, the culture is extremely different. And, well, and interpreting yeah. something like that is damn near. hard. And then on top of that, let's consider the fact that it's pretty damn easy to do that here. I mean, we can you know what I,
1: I yeah, we came
0: uh, really close the other day.
1: Yeah, with the uh, with that uh, Bill Nye goes off on oh, uh, yeah. on on life on live npr or something like that where he just you know says you know i'm effing sick of these republicans blah 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 blah.
0: yeah i mean regardless um, that of- was
1: about three weeks back or something like that and I, I, I it was so good that i really hoped it was true and then you find out that it's one of these onion
0: lookalikes that well and that like, was it. like like when we saw it we were like holy crap you know and then immediately because we have, a, uh, I think, a relatively developed BS filter. The next thing is we immediately started looking to see, is this real or not? And, and I think that brings up a really interesting idea that uh, is technology has made more and more and more important. I mean, as we get more of our news from social sources, it becomes more important for us to be able to evaluate sources, and yeah. and that's what I mean when I say a BS detector. And it's really funny. I was in a, a, a class the other day. We were talking about Wikipedia. Uh, actually, we were talking about the massive editing structure behind Wikipedia. I think most people think, oh, it's just a bunch of people that quick change. No, mm, not really. Yeah. I encourage you to look at a talk page, you know. <laughs> I at- encourage you to try to make an edit and see how
1: long it lasts on anything that
0: I made is an edit even- in a class two years ago, and it is still there. Is
1: it a page that more than five
0: people would have visited? Yes. Uh, it, oh, it, really? Okay. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I'm totally gonna. I'm totally gonna find it. Let's see. Make, uh,
1: make a change to Rob Lowe's page on Wikipedia and see how quickly that, that actually lasts.
0: the the page that I made a change to was the Battlestar Galactica page. And, oh, really? <laughs> uh, uh, and I'm looking because it was. I, I think this was a bad class. Uh, um assignment i i I disagree with the assignment in and and i think the person who assigned it does too at this point but the assignment had been to make changes to a page not dickish changes but to make real changes to a page and see if they would stick and i i did a lot of research and i looked carefully and i looked at the type of things that stayed and uh uh and i'm looking for uh Let's see. Yep, there it is. Look at that. It's still there. If you go on the Battlestar Galactica page and you look yep. under academic analysis, uh, the so say we all okay, an unauthorized yep. collection of thoughts and opinions on Battlestar Galactica edit by, edited by Richard Hatch. My edition. Oh, that's yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> still there. <laughs> but but that's the point is there's this huge, huge, incredible. We should talk about this and we should get somebody on the show sometime to talk because I think a lot of people have no idea how Wikipedia actually works. They just think it's just people crapping stuff into it, you know. But anyway, um, we were talking about that. And what was interesting is the classic, you know, is this a good, a a good viable academic source came up? And of course, it's not, you know. Uh, Well, and I I disagree with that. It is if you want to say, know what general the general public thinks about something. I think it's a great source for that. But otherwise, you know, it's not it's not a primary source. And and it's it's. You don't know who wrote it. So it's it's difficult. But what I thought was really cool about this whole discussion is that instead of, I think the key here is instead of looking at why is Wikipedia not a valid source, I think what we need to do is look at every source in the universe with as much analysis as we do Wikipedia. You know, just because it came from CNN doesn't mean I should trust it any more than I should trust something that came from Wikipedia. And, and, well, and this is why, because it's damn hard. Well, what was the that German? XKCD
1: comic a while back that said, you know, if you want to make something a valid fact, write about it on blog one and reference its Wikipedia article, have the Wikipedia article reference blog two that reuses re- blog one as a reference, <laughs> because a lot of that stuff will only get one depth worth of reference check. And it's like, okay, well, blog two says that blog one is valid. So therefore, the Wikipedia article is valid.
0: Womp womp. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, it's it's interesting. I think though that what this really brings up, I mean all the stupid poking fun of Iran aside, like I said, I dare you to I interpret Iranian culture. I rather not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but all of that aside, the real thing here is that you know, in years past, we've developed these huge systems of etiquette and understanding for dealing with things like interactions at work and interactions at home interactions at a party you know interactions at, at you know at a at a, a work event you know all these various places that we go and interact with people right yep. and and now i mean with with facebook and twitter being so common as exemplified by the fact that let's face it facebook and twitter integration big big part of ios 6 right you know, people care about this stuff because we interact through those places and they are different and they're they're not quite like anything else. And, you know, it, it's still pretty new, though. And though we've started, at least from an academic side, we started to research and understand how those environments work. It, it's tricky to understand how to interact with people there and, and what makes sense well, to do and what doesn't.
1: And especially when you get to a world view as well, because you know we we have a very North North American centric view, but you know like in Iran it's not going to be the same. It's you know like for oh, example, yeah. China has what is their number? Isn't it's China that their number one search is Baidu, right? And that's as big as Google is over here. And you know you you, you start to and their social networks there are facebook is not the number one social network in every country it's other i, I cannot remember the name of the, that other really big one um but you know that, that that even that's different and you know depending on the culture certain things are you know go on different certain social mediums and when you get to this international audience it's
0: not quite always clear what what is appropriate <laughs> Well, and and you know this goes all the way back to the FidoNet days. I don't know if you remember FidoNet. You probably don't. All the way, <laughs> you just because you're a geek, you probably know how it works. But back in the for those who I was don't, on a BBS, <laughs> yeah. See, see, back in the in the BBS days, you know, you had something called EchoMail. FidoNet's EchoMail, and the way it worked, and it's called the reason it was called EchoMail was that because you had no internet. I mean, technically, you did have BitNet, and you you had. Some some bits and pieces of what would eventually become the internet, but it wasn't available to everyone, and it was certainly didn't have the common protocols available to make to allow us to do what we do now with it. So, right. if you wanted to communicate with someone outside your little world of your bulletin board, uh, you had to literally dial up an, the bulletin board had to dial up another one and send all the mail that users had created on it, and get all the new mail that other users on the other BBS had created. Uh And they built this system uh, called echo mail where where you could have these what what would almost be considered forums. They were called echoes. And whenever anyone posted on one of the participating bulletin boards, uh, their material would be sent through a local organization around and collected and then sent via long distance, which the local organization split the cost of. Uh, to plug into another such organization. And all these organizations plug together into this huge network such that you could have something like the one I'm going to talk about called InterUser was the name of the the, uh, Echo. And, And it was one of the first ones designed to be international. Like literally there were participants in there, active participants from 10 or 12 different countries pretty regularly. So you would post, and of course, you know, it might take days for it all to come together again, you know. Uh, but people would dump into these. You know. You know what the closest thing is. The closest thing are news groups. To be honest, it, um, you're right. Yeah. I mean, they really are news groups essentially, but without the internet. And and you could read all these. So what was fun was interuser had moderators. Now, unlike the internet, where no one node really has control over it. An inner user, every node has control over it. You know, <laughs> in FIDONET, every single node, if anyone decides, I'm not going to pass this forward, you are you're screwed. It's over, yep. you know? So you had moderators, and you had rules, and you had to... And because it cost money, literally, like, every character you type had to be transmitted across a modem on long distance many times. So, like... <laughs> And not even a 56K modem. A <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Uh, some of the, of course, usually the uh, whoever had the the transfer had the best modem. I mean, like, like oh, I know yeah. our group, we got together when 14.4s came out. Uh, I'm sorry, when 28.8s came out. Our yep. our group got together and bought one for the, the node that mm-hmm. sent because it literally reduced our long distance times enough to justify the investment. Nice, you know, and we divided it up among like twelve or fourteen bulletin boards, uh, which which was uh, which was pretty cool, you know. It wasn't that bad. I think I paid like 10, 12 bucks a month, you know, to participate, and I just did it out of pocket. And everybody on yep. my bulletin board. Could. Anyway, so what I'm getting at here is that a great example of this that came up that kind of gave me an understanding of how this works. So at one point, somebody had posted something that could be construed as anti-Semitic. Now, I don't think it, it, it wasn't really. It was definitely, it was on the line, but it wasn't. Uh, it was definitely something that would be recognized as free speech in the U.S. It wasn't hateful, you know. Uh, it, it was more a mistake sort of thing. But what's interesting is, is that in interuser, anti-Semitic speech of any kind is banned. Banned. Right. Not, not like the U.S., it is banned. And the reason for this is that in Israel, this is a crime. Right. It, yeah. is, it, it is a flat crime. And here's the problem is that we have four nodes in Israel. So so the problem is they're passing this mail back and forth.
1: <laughs> and Freedom of speech goes to the lowest common denominator. <laughs> it
0: did. It really yeah. did. And and in order for it to work, we had to respect that. And and it's kind of funny is that I think I, I was kind of lucky in a way because training in that ground, when I participate in the Internet where nobody can really shut you up, you know, I mean, it's pretty damn hard. Uh, yeah. Iran's tried and somewhat unsuccessfully to do so. Uh, China has tried more successfully, mainly by replacing services like Google with their own knockoffs that provide the same functionality, uh, which, you know, the, the, the tyranny of the easy, I, I like to call it, you know, if, if, if your problem is solved, let's face it, we're not going to protest, you know, <laughs> and yeah. I, it's easier to live in that world when you, you don't have to respect that, but you automatically know it's there. Same thing, incidentally, just for techies. Uh, that's why I it was only a couple of years ago that I finally got lazy and started doing things like like not quoting carefully. You know, I like in oh, okay, an email yeah. like because in, in an echo, if you quoted more than two lines of something, you better have a damn good reason. Otherwise, people will not pass the mail like they'll reject it. Because nobody yeah. wants to spend you know, $5,000 over the next month passing that around the world because you were lazy and didn't bother to quote. Yeah. <laughs> so you learned to be succinct. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I also
1: learned a lot of etiquette. Like the, the local
0: bulletin board that I
1: was on, um, I remember when I had broke my arm, uh, a bunch of people had gone in and said, oh, sorry to hear that. Hope you have a speedy recovery, blah, 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 blah. And... Uh, my dad had come to me and was like, um, it's been like a week. Why haven't you responded to anybody? It's just, it's not, it's, if you're talked to on one of these things, it, it, the polite thing to do is to respond, even if it's just a, okay. That's you good, know, and, and, and that has translated into email. Like, I'll generally be the last person to send an email or a DM or something like that because of the the thing I had drilled into me, which was to acknowledge people's responses.
0: And I could use I, that. <laughs> I think I'll take that lesson from you. <laughs> I'm bad about uh, that, and it's awful. I, well,
1: I—I I mean, I broke my arm when I was, you know, in the seventh grade. So, I mean, i, I learned this early on. So that's—it's funny how that kind of stuff translates forward. But you know, maybe people that weren't raised in that internet—not—not uh, not even internet, pre-internet kind of etiquette phase—anybody uh, that was that brought into the internet after that is just sees this big wall of sound and you know you don't need to you don't need to you don't need to punctuate or quote correctly you don't need to respond to people if if you're okay with what they said and don't want to have anything i i don't know i almost wonder if if some of that is corollary
0: yeah, I mean uh, on 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 one stand you know from one view I could see how like for example careful quoting probably not as critical as it used to be. I think it's still cool when people do it. I respect Hex is that. Texas cheap. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean nobody really cares. The the cost is now distributed so widely that uh, that it's just it's just not critical. But but like like your example I think is is really on and I think definitely understanding the cultural cross-cultural nature of some of your communications and and trying to interpret things like that you know back to the story we pulled in like like a cultural misunderstanding uh with the onion I mean and and this came up as well in in situations with the like the um like the YouTube video that co- that that caused the uh the uh, riots and uh, the assassination of, uh, of an American uh, diplomat and, and some other people that sadly tech people, right? Um, I, I think this is one of those cases where, and, and nothing justifies this, but something that I, it didn't occur to me, uh, but I heard later, and it makes sense to me, is that, you know, if you live and have lived your entire life, for example, in a society where everything that you see publicly is approved by, uh, by the government, then when somebody posts something, you assume it's approved by the government and it speaks for the government's intent.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, now, now,
0: I'm not saying that that's justifying or anything, but it exists. And you got to think about that. Now, are we going to change to respect that? Hell No. You know that's not the way it works here, and you're gonna have to deal with that. You know, right?
1: And and (laughs) that's the problem is that lumping it all onto that and saying, "Oh, it was," you know, it's it's because of this YouTube video. Therefore, we need to we need to get rid of all YouTube video that has any kind of political message. But no. it's, it's funny how it can
0: quickly go down a dark road like that. But just but here's the trick, you know, it's it, is it because of it? Yeah, it is. You know, is are you going to change, get rid of freedom of speech to re, to prevent? No, hell no. On the other hand, I mean, you can't just stick your head in either side, the sand on either side of that fence. You know, you really got to just be eyes open and say, OK, we have the freedom to do all this stuff. Uh, we There are many countries out here that have access to this. There are some really different cultures out there. You know, the things that I say are going to be interpreted by a variety of different cultures. Maybe in this case, I think the person probably fully intended that. You know, I I think uh, on the other hand, you know, what I take away from this is that, you know, again, back to what we're talking about here. As, as individuals who communicate in very public places, places that have extreme reach, if not actual readership, right? Yeah. Uh, in most cases, nobody cares what you say, so they're never going to see it, but they can. And that's, that's the possibility. Uh, and and that's, that's the trick here. Keep in mind, you know, you're speaking to possibly other cultures that don't think the way you do. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. I mean,
1: and when it comes down to it, it all comes down to better education of how all of this works how this technology works and you know the, the i mean there are people that really don't know how far-reaching something you post on a random forum could be i mean you know you, you as, assume that maybe okay this stuff is you know you know well, this is an english-speaking north american-based forum who's gonna know but you know, it's still publicly available all the way around the world. (laughs) And depending on what you say, it can be misinterpreted or, you know, you know, misused. Right. So So, I, I, so you better know what you're saying before you put it up. Yeah.
0: If maybe the best way to say this is to say that just like, you know, everybody knows that how you dress at work changes uh, your, your environment and your experience. Right. Well, guess what? It's the same thing here. You know, the way you communicate, uh, online, the way you create your you craft your online identity through the choices you make and and the things that you place out uh, under your name and so on that affects your environment and your experiences in in life both online and off and the more you know about that, better off you are i mean and and the one piece of advice that I think everybody has had but it 's still remarkable to me how many how how often people ignore. Uh, I heard somebody say it best at a communications conference I was at, which is uh, the Internet ain't Vegas. What you what you do online does not stay online. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep it in mind.
1: Yeah, there's, a, there's always some interesting stories about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's easy. I don't I, I think you need to go into that. There's plenty of opportunity. I think everybody's had a demonstration of that. So.
1: Yeah, the, the best quote I had heard from a, like a, or like a Minecraft server griefer was, no, that's the best thing about the Internet, is it's completely isolated from the real world. Duh. It's like, wow, so you're like, Either fourteen or just completely ignorant as to what the internet is.
0: yeah, isn't it funny fourteen at least in my eyes is or a both. bit of an excuse you know, okay
1: <laughs> you know if you're fourteen I I could understand because okay. you, you you're just not out there yet
0: <laughs> yeah literal ignorance inexperience it happens you know I mean? <laughs> nothing wrong with that you just you, you, <laughs> but the time will time come to dude. get your head out of your butt <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of my friends calls that the resounding pop. It's like yeah. the, the sound that your head makes when it comes out of your butt at some point, usually sometime between for 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 people like me, you know, it's sometime between 14 and 40, you know, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anything to add here? This was fun per
1: usual. No, I just wanted to. I just got a. as we're talking here, I just got this like phishing email. Oh, <laughs> I'm a, your Intuit order has shipped for a GoPayment card reader. Click here to confirm with USPS Priority Mail. Yeah, it's like um, no, and it's not even from Intuit.com. It's like, wow, hey that's guys, you
0: know, let's just let's just be clear on this. I, I, if you if you are a spammer and you're listening, like that's happening, but I'm gonna say it anyway because it's funny. I think. If if you are the people that keep sending me things saying that my PayPal account is is going to close, my my PayPal account is 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 like is closing as often as furniture stores. Okay? <laughs> I mean, my, my PayPal account has apparently closed. I I actually started of uh, keeping them for a while. I like <laughs> made a folder and I like filtered them into it. That's awesome. And my PayPal account had closed over 900 times when I blew the folder away and was like okay i'm done with this
1: wow Uh, i i I get the same for um apparently every you know two or three days i'm trying to sell my world of warcraft account you know the one that's not active
0: that's awesome yeah so uh good luck with that (laughs)
1: yeah go figure
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's some weird crap i it's 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 very frustrating but oh well yep (laughs) (laughs) okay we'll let this go we'll see everybody next week (laughs) you a good from everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum, galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.